What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Wex Appeal Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I am your host, Wex, and we are back. That's right. We took a little hiatus. A um, whole bunch of stuff going on in the, you know, just in life. I think all of you may have things going on that uh, that have changed the way that you live for the past uh, few, you know, year and a half or so. But uh, good things, good things happening at the Wex household. But uh, yeah, a lot of things going on. I've, uh, you know, recently changed gyms. That was a big deal. Um, you know, kind of took some time to focus on myself and my fitness and it has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, if you follow along with the fitness journey and you've been looking online, you'll see that, uh, I, you know, have been making some gains in the gym that I'm super happy about and, uh, really, really excited to see where that's going. And, uh, it's been a good time focusing on myself for a little bit, but I don't want to leave you guys hanging, the uh, the faithful Wex Appeal listeners. Um, huge shout out, actually, um, and one of the reasons we're getting right back into some new episodes is if you are a follower in the CrossFit field, then you know about the morning chalk up, and uh, they did a nice, they did this great article. They were talking about top cop podcast, top podcasts. Can't even talk. It's been a while. Top podcast to listen to if you are interested in CrossFit and you know the genre of fitness and those sorts of things and so I was like oh that looks like a good article I'll go ahead and pick it up and listen you know look at it and read it and get some ideas on people that I want to listen to and to my shock Wex Appeal podcast second uh second group down that uh talks in the genre of CrossFit and they actually even compared compared the web the uh the podcast to some of my favorites and some of my former guests uh the boys from Talking Elite Fitness Sean and Tommy so huge shout out to the Morning Chalk Up and a, a huge thank you for them uh giving some love to the Wexpeel podcast but it also reminded me hey it's been too long so let's get back at it we've got some great shows ready for you uh that that have kind of had some editing issues but we got the editing issues worked out did some uh did some technology upgrades which have been hugely helpful and now we're going to start bringing you content uh a lot more and hopefully some things that you are really going to find interesting my guest today uh super interesting in fact, it's one of those people that, you know, I kind of reached out to just not even expecting to hear back. And he was like, hey, yeah, let's do it. And we did this podcast. Uh, we actually did this episode a while ago. But with um, the way his connection was, and he lives in a remote part of uh, Pennsylvania, we'll get into that, had some connection issues. So there was a lot of editing that had to be done to uh, to get this podcast done. But happy to report Editing has been finished, and I am ready to bring you a brand new episode with an amazing guest. And my guest today is an ABS Mastersmith. So that is a well, we'll talk about that in the web, in the uh, in the podcast about what an ABS Mastersmith is. But you would see him on the hit show on the History Channel, which there are many many episodes that you can go check out. It is the judge for Forged in Fire, Mr. Jay Nielsen. If you are a fan of the show like I am, you know exactly who that man is. And he is synonymous with breaking blades on the show. Everybody's scared to let them test, let him test their blades. 
Uh, but he talks about that and his role on the show, and it was a really, really cool sit-down conversation with this guy. Uh, Jay it was super down-to-earth, could not be nicer, and we talked about everything from the horror movie genres, which he is a huge fan of, to how he got into bladesmithing, um, behind-the-scenes access on the show, and kind of talking about the ins and outs on how that show is produced and, and how it goes together. Really, really awesome guy. So I am very excited to bring you this episode. I hope you enjoy. Kick back and listen to my interview with Mr. Jay Nielsen. Are you there? <laughs> always, in, always interesting with technology. Oh, no, no worries, man. It, 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 it it's the bane of my existence and it makes things amazing because the fact that I can actually even do a show like this is fantastic that I can, you know, interact with people and, and interview and, and do that sort of stuff. But then at the same time, when you have connection issues, it's like, ugh, it's, it's 20. Yeah, I get to all, all the kids on the set, yeah. which I call them kids because they're all, they're all half my age. Um, they laugh at me when I talk about going to Redbox and renting a DVD, <laughs> stuff like that. They're like, you use DVDs? I'm like, you have no idea where I live. Yeah. There's times I can, you know, a two-hour movie takes me five hours to watch. <laughs> yeah, I and I have um, four kids in, in the house, so I know that one very well where, you know. Oh, yeah. If I want to watch a movie, um, that's one thing, but I have to wait till they're asleep. But the problem is once they're asleep, I want to be asleep as well. Yeah, exactly. Because chasing them around for however many hours a day is is not ideal. <laughs> for, oh, trust me. I, I, had, I had two hellions of my own already. So. <laughs> well, I had – so how, how old are your are your children? Uh, boys about to turn 18 oh, wow. and the girls 13. Okay, very cool. Yeah, mine are 12, 7, four and we just have a, a new one who's just about to turn eight months so it is oh you are glutton for punishment aren't you oh very much so very much so so uh <laughs> it's yeah i'm in trouble for the next 18 years minimum um but the two oldest are girls Jeez. the two youngest are boys um they're amazing they're great but man it is uh it's tiring i don't <laughs> we don't get enough sleep in our house so um Going back to, you know, kind of what we were talking about with the show. So you said you got a call out of the blue and they invited you out to do um, the pilot. And you, you didn't really believe that, that it was even going to be a show. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I, Dave, Doug, and me didn't even know each other. Okay. Yeah, so we went out there out of the blue. It's funny, Dave and Doug had actually been talking for a couple of weeks before I joined the team. Um, so I don't know. If you know, they had somebody else in mind that dropped out. Nobody will ever admit to it. Nobody will ever tell me one <laughs> sure. way or the other. So, but uh, yeah, we, we flew out to Seattle and we were in David Litch's shop and it was, it was, uh, it was something out of a saw movie, rubber gas lines on the floor, duct tape to the floor. And I just keep thinking to myself, Oh my God, somebody dropped something on that. We're all going to die. Yeah. So, so you guys did the pilot and I mean, did you think this is going to work? This is not going to work. Like, what was your initial thoughts? You know, after that, after that first pilot, I thought it was a great idea. I didn't know how people would take to it. Mm -hmm. 
um, even, bef even before we started running the pilot episode, um, you know, the three of us are sitting there like, you know, we're going to sit here for three hours and watch these guys make blades and shit. What are we going to talk about for three hours? Yeah. And pretty much as soon as it started, not only did we not shut our mouths for three hours straight, <laughs> uh -huh. we weren't even sitting in our chairs. We were, we kicked the chairs back. We we're standing and just leaning over the table, watching everybody and commenting on stuff. And yeah, it was a blast. And, you know, then a few months later, they got back to us and said, hey, we're going to go ahead and do a season. Ah. Okay. Well, well, that's funny because um, that was actually one of my questions, it, you know, because I know the time lapse, you know, obviously it's a, it's a one hour mm -hmm. show. They get what usually about three hours the in the first round, three hours in the second round. I'm like, do you guys really sit there for six hours and watch these guys, you know, toil over blades? We actually, yeah, we actually do. Um, you know, we have enough. You know, they'll give us a little breaks, you know, every once in a while. But for the most part, yeah, we do sit there and watch the whole time. Oh wow. Um, we've we recently cut the uh, the round two down to two hours. Uh huh. Uh, a lot of the times which I was kind of leery about at first, but the contestants, you know, they really didn't make a difference, much of a difference of two hours to three hours in the handle round. So, yeah, you know, we just went with it. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's worked out well. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's it's a very entertaining show, um, and all the different personalities between you and Dave and Doug, um, and, of course, even when there's the others on there, Ben. Um, so how... Like, how cool was that to kind of take all those different personalities? Now, I've heard that they brought you on to be the, the mean judge. That's uh, just me, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> we need a mean judge. We're going to no, get I, a Jay. I, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been called the Simon Cowell of knife making. Yeah. Um, which I think is very unfair because I'm a very, I'm a delicate flower. I really am. I'm a nice guy. But, but no, I, just, I try to explain. I even tell the contestants this, too, because we usually, you know, because it's it is a game show concept. Yeah. You know, so the contestants, um, you have to you know read rules to the contestants before we start, and yeah. we usually get a few minutes to just you know chat at the guys, you know, the contestants beforehand. And I tell them every time, say, look, I don't want to break your knife. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody thinks that oh, Jay's the mean guy. He just wants to break <laughs> everything. I don't want to break their knives. I want to see them do well. Yeah. But at the same time, I put my knives through all these tests also. Yeah. So I don't have nearly as much sympathy as they would like me to. So, yeah. I mean, if you give me something that can break, I'm going to try and break it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that of meanness or anything like sure. that. It's just the concept. I mean, it's the same way when I'm, you know, on the show and, and describing things and stuff like that. I'm, I'm a no-nonsense guy. Yeah. You know, I'd say it the way it is. You know, I try not to hurt anybody's feelings or be you know, a, a jerk or anything like that. But, hey. That's my job. I'm getting paid to be honest and talk about what I see going on. Of That's course. what I do. And and I would imagine you don't really want them to break because, I mean, the, the amount of things that could go wrong if one does break, um, you know, whether it be injury or, or anything else that goes along with it, you know, with a, with a blade that doesn't stand up, I mean, you run the risk of yeah, I, injury. Yeah, I've, I've had way too many blades break and fly off in my face and stuff like that and i don't know how many people notice this but when i'm doing the strength test mm -hmm. when i'm chopping my head is always tilting this way oh yeah because i got a, i got a good <laughs> idea that thing's coming back it's gonna go right over my shoulder and it's happened before yeah um, it's funny my wife and i were just re-watching an episode where yeah and i was like oh cool it's 
the, the episode where I got to wear my Pennsylvania State Police polo shirt uh-huh. uh, that a student had sent me. And I said, oh, yeah, this is also the one where the sword breaks off and smacks me in the neck. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was kind of scary. Yeah. Now, so I know you left, uh, was it season three? Because you had surgery. Now, was that related to the show or was that just separate? No, everybody assumes it was show related and everybody thinks I'm trying to like cover something up or something. <laughs> no, it was several years ago. It was actually just a stupid slip and fall at my old house. Ah. Just, you know, came back from a nice show in Ohio, had wet grass on the hill, slipped, put my hand down. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I had broken one of the small bones in my hand. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of ignored it. And it's not like I had health insurance or anything at the time. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I just eventually got worse, and I had to get surgery because that bone was actually dying in my hand. Oh, okay. And when yeah. I went to when I went to a specialist, he's like, "We got to do something, or that's just going to collapse." Yeah. So, just get it done before before anything worse happens. So. Yeah, yeah, but everybody immediately assumed ah, he broke his hand on the show. <laughs> well, I mean, there ha- there have been injuries. Not, oh, yeah. I mean, not take you out of the show, you know, permanently. But there have been, I know there have been injuries with handles and things like that where, you know, it'll cut you or, or, uh, what's the worst, what's the worst thing you've seen or, or had happen? Um, probably, I think I've gone to the emergency room at least three times and <laughs> okay. it's usually because of handles. Yeah. Um, and, and probably the worst one was my own stupid fault. So we had an episode where they had to make like a, a multi-tool knife. You know, okay. Like you know, hammer a nail in, pry a nail out, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think course, I, I think I saw that episode. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, two of the guys, you know, were using their pummels as the hammerhead. So I should have just said, "No, I'm not doing it." But yeah, stupid me. I was like, "Okay, so I'm got the pummel of this knife, and I'm trying to hammer nails into steel." Yeah. And of course, I slipped and. You know, smash my hand up. And it's funny, when I went to the emergency room, they told me, because if you didn't have that surgery, that four-point fusion, uh-huh. it probably would have broken your hand. Oh, gosh. Oof. So, what, now, you've been doing bladesmithing for 20 years? Over 20 years full-time. Okay. So, so Yeah, I'm really showing my age. <laughs> well, so, so what did you do before that? Like what was, I, I can't imagine you being like an accountant or something <laughs> or something. Oh, like, no. No. <laughs> some I mundane was, desk I job. Not, yeah. I was not, uh, yeah, I'd have been a great toll booth attendant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't what you call career oriented in my youth. Uh-huh. Um, I just kind of bounced around from job to job. Yeah. I used to work at car dealers and, um, yeah, I drove forklift. Uh, I was a civilian employee for the Navy for a few okay. years. Uh, security guard, bartender, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of goofy things. You yeah. know, nothing nothing that you know you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and I just started making knives as a hobby, uh-huh. and it just snowballed out of control. And just you know, how I got to this point, I have no idea. <laughs> just, it wasn't planned. Just kind of a passion that turned into, hey, I could do I could actually do this for for real and make money at it. Yeah, I, I, I started doing it as a hobby, and then I started getting better at it. And then I had some people say, hey, can you make me a knife, you know? Mm-hmm. And this was this was back when, you know, you'd sell a hunting knife for $35, $45. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I started selling enough knives. It's like, hey, I think I could start working part-time and do knife-making 
part-time uh-huh. and then business got better and it's like hey think maybe i could do this full-time and, and then i just picked up from there oh, yeah wow. that's just it's, I've, I've been i've been very lucky yeah so and they they always announce this on the show abs master smith so for those who have no idea what what that is or what that entails i know there's only i think just over a hundred of you like in the world right yeah, pretty much. It's, I think the last time I looked, it was like 115 or something like that. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, I joined the American Bladesmith Society uh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And you start off as an apprentice, which really doesn't mean anything. You don't have to apprentice under anybody. I didn't. Sure. Um, which, which I think was a bonus for me because a lot of times when you apprentice under somebody, your work looks like theirs. Mm-hmm. And since I didn't do that, my knives kind of have their own look to them. Um, one of the nicest compliments I've ever gotten is at a knife show is, you know, I've had people say I could go to a purveyor's table, which, you know, somebody who has a whole bunch of, sure. I've had people tell me they can just look at the table and pick my knives out without even seeing the name. Wow. So, so that's kind of cool. Very cool. So, um, so, th- so what you, you said, it starts off with an apprenticeship and, and things like that. So, you know, what is, what does somebody do to get to that, to that level? Well, the apprentice, I mean, all, all you do is just sign up with the ABS, become a member. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to, like, you know, talk to other makers, get more information, which knife makers are usually pretty open about things anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. You know, the terms backstabbing and stuff like that, it doesn't <laughs> apply to us for some reason. Yeah, yeah. which is good. I, I, mean, I, I like – and that's one thing actually in the show that I've found very interesting is that every – I don't – I can't – remember and i've seen a i don't i don't think i've watched all the episodes but i've seen quite a few of the seasons all the contestants seem very very cool with everybody and mm-hmm. like if they everyone that loses there's like i know why i like yep like i totally agree with them they're they're absolutely right yep. like nobody's like man that was bs my blade, you know, did better than this. And there's nobody that hasn't, it seems like there's no pride. And, and I mean that in a, in a, like a, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not, there's pride in I their know, work, yeah. but not like a haughty pride um, where right. they think they're better than anybody else. Well, the, the cool thing too is, and I've never seen this on any other game show format or competition or such as that. On a regular basis, we have our contestants helping each other out. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's a bunch of times that we've had contestants on that have never used a power hammer, have never used a press, and another contestant will take time out of his, out of what he's doing to help or show the other person how to work the tools and stuff like that. That's I cool. mean, when, where else do you ever see that? Yeah. no, and It's I, just amazing. And they've highlighted that a few times on the show where, like, somebody's lost something or broken something, and they're like, no, do this, here, get this. So I, I think that's really cool, and that's one of the things that, that I really like about the show is that, you know, everybody is just seems like, seems really cool. <laughs> like all the contestants. Yeah. And- we actually, I think it was one of the recent episodes that aired. It was another, another one where you got to, you know, put your steel out of a car. So, I mean, one of the contestants had taken a few different pieces of steel and was deciding what he wanted, picked it through the other pieces under the forge. And the, the guy at the anvil right next to him, his steel just, just disintegrated, just crumbled. Yeah. And he looked over. He goes, he goes. I got steel right down here. If you want to take some of that, take it and go for it. Oh wow! I mean, so you know, 
yeah, it's just you know, the you know, God, I can't even think of the word for it. I mean, everybody's willing to help out, yeah. even though it's a kind competition show. There's a camaraderie. There's a brotherhood, like a, a, a certain That's respect. A, yeah. uh, I I love that. Um, so for you personally, what is? I mean, you deal with so many different blades on the show. What is your favorite blade? personally on the show to to work with that that you like the contestants to make that you judge and then you as far as someone who makes blades what's your favorite blade to make um as far as blades to make um it's funny when i first started making knives i said i wasn't going to make big bowie knives because that's what everybody does sure well, there's a reason for that. I do it, too, because it's a great canvas. Yeah. I mean, you can make, you know, smaller ones, big ones, all kinds of patterns, different designs, and such and that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bowie knife guy. Okay. Um, but I like doing a variety because yeah. I get bored very easily. Um, my favorite piece on the show that I've seen so far, God, it just was like probably season four, maybe. I can't remember. Um, Bert Foster came on, and his finale weapon was a Chattel, which is just a big hooked sword but it's in the he had a damascus fit and finish was gorgeous it's one of the most beautiful things i've seen yeah so <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that name because so i didn't know about this spinoff of the show um but the forge and fire beat the judges mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i gotta ask because there's only six episodes right right yeah we each did two okay um now i'm Sorry to put bring this up, but the only person oh, God, to beat you, <laughs> the only judge to to lose on the show was was you, and it was Burt Foster. I actually have it here in my notes. So, yep. um, it, so I'm imagining he's he's uh, uh, just pretty pretty darn good at, at what he's doing. Oh, Burt's amazing. Uh, it's funny because Burt became a master smith a few years before me. Okay, and Burt when I when I went for my master smith test. Bert was actually one of my judges. Oh wow! Okay. So so Bert's Bert's judged me for the ABS. I've judged him on the show twice. Bert came on, uh, he won. Yep. And the second time he came on, he got booted on round one because you know he had a flaws in his seal. Okay. And this is the kind of thing the kind of thing I tell everybody. You know, sometimes things just don't work out. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, how good you are. I mean, I've seen Master Smiths that I've known for years and years uh, um, come out onto the set, and you're like, "Did you check your brain at the door? What the heck happened there?" <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a totally, it's a totally different setup. I mean, you know, you got the clock, you know, you got the competition. You're not in your own forge. You know, you're yeah. in a different setup that you're not commonly used to. Yeah, you know, I got. Will and the other guys heckling me from the, the judges' table over <laughs> sure. there. Yeah, I'm trying to ignore them, and I, I it's like I said, I, I made a blatantly stupid mistake. Uh, I cut the finger wells in before I attached my guard, uh-huh. and I should have done it the other way. So I mean, that's that's what happened. The finger yeah. wells were too deep, and hey, I I got no problem losing a birth <laughs> officer. I'm gonna lose anybody. I got no problem there. Absolutely, do, known him for years. He's known him for years. He's a great guy and a buddy. <laughs> now, do do Ben or David give you any crap for it? That you're the only one that. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, Dave, Dave can't say anything because uh, when you did the Super Champions, yeah, you know, with the the Cossack sword, he didn't make that one. So. Gotcha. Now, so yeah, I mean, 
the the blades on the show, David Baker makes most of those, right? Or does he make all of them? Yes, he makes probably ninety five percent of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, occasionally there's one that you know that gets purchased, or you know, like that Super Chance episode. I brought a sword from you know my collection and stuff like that. But yeah, Dave makes most of them. Okay. And I mean, they're beautiful, beautiful pieces. Um, you know, everything everything I've seen on there, it, it amazes me the different types of of designs and i mean through history all the different you know types of blades that that you guys can find and, and bring out it's just it's just incredible now there's i mean like i said we got books you know this thick of different you know uh types of swords and types of weapons and stuff like that so yeah you basically just take a book throw it on the floor and whatever page opens to it. oh yeah we'll do that one this week <laughs> nice oh oh i lost you completely oh. I can yep, hear it. There yeah, oh, there some, you somebody just tried to call me. That's oh. Fine. oh, no worries. Um, so what are some, what are some, I would say myths or misconceptions that, that people probably have watching the show that, uh, that you could debunk? Oh God. Well, that obviously that quenching your blade magnetic North is a joke. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember hearing that forever. You gotta, you gotta, quench the blade pointing magnetic north otherwise the blade's gonna warp oh okay 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 yeah i guess then we should only have airplanes fly magnetic north because you know <laughs> the magnetic field is tough enough where it's gonna bend my blade yeah i don't want to fly in an airplane yeah yeah just, <laughs> we're not making compasses here like that. <laughs> yeah so um yeah that's that's one of the, the ones i used to get all the time for starting out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's all kinds of things. You know, everybody's got their little their little gimmicks and their, you know, little voodoo and stuff like that. So, sure. Um, a lot of it's just goofy. With um with all the contestants that you have on the show, has there ever been a contestant where you're just like you're watching them, and you just don't even want to touch the blade? <laughs> like I don't even want to come near that thing. There's 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 been a few. Yeah, there's been a few. It's like I'm I'm gonna touch it. It's gonna bite me. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some. So, yeah, every. I've seen some where they basically just put a hunk of metal on the desk. It's like here, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it happens. I mean, like I said, you know, sometimes we have bad days. Sure. Um, the biggest problem I had when we first started this show is people saying they could do things, and then coming on the show and they had no clue. Yeah. You know, some people just just say what they what they got to say to get onto a TV show. Sure. Um, we've had several times, you know, my, I, I tell the contestants, my favorite part of the show isn't the strength testing. It's the first 15 to 20 minutes in round one, uh-huh. because that's when they find out what the challenge is and figure out how they're going to approach it. I already know what I would do. So I'm yeah. really curious to see what path they're going to go after. And, you know, there's been times where it's like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Now, has there been a time on the show where, you know, I, and I don't know who decides, you know, what, you know, whether what metal or what type of challenge is going to be. Have, has there ever been a time when they brought a challenge to you guys and said, this is what we want to do? And you look at them and just like, I don't even know what I would do if you gave me that. It's funny. Season one, um, Again, at that time, you know, I was the one guy who made knives on a regular basis. I yeah. was on the show. So they would come to me with all these. And, and usually it's, you know, in the beginning, it was mainly me coming up with the challenges and the types of steals and stuff. And then, you know, progressively, you know, Dave and everybody else 
uh, started jumping in. We come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was talking before about the camera people, the production people behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, they've got a good grasp of this stuff now. So a lot of times they'll, they'll come up with ideas too and ask us about them. But uh, I remember season one, it was one of the goofiest questions somebody ever asked me in my life. They said, uh, okay, uh, the, the network has an idea. They want to give each of the contestants a toaster and have them make a knife out of it. And I just, I just kind of stood there for a second like, huh? Like, first of all, you people need to learn the difference between hardenable and non-hardenable metals. Yeah. And there's not enough hardenable steel in a toaster to make anything except a toaster. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had to nip that one in the bud. That was crazy. I was like, oh, come on. One week you're gonna give him a car, the next week you're gonna give him a toaster. Yeah, That's crazy. well, I saw the one where where you guys gave him scraps. Like here's here's mm-hmm. just a whole bunch of metal shavings. Go make a knife. <laughs> I oh thought, yeah, I, I mean, thought I thought that was rough. I mean, the one where we had to make canister Damascus out of steel wool. I was like, oh, this is insane. This is gonna be interesting. <laughs> well, so what's funny is, um, so I just I just recently this this past year, 2020, I turned 40. And, um, mm-hmm. so my brother for my birthday got me a knife and obviously we're doing this on recording, but you can kind of, and I don't know if you can see it. Um, I don't know if I can, oh, yeah. the Damascus on there. That's it. Yep. And, yep. uh, before watching the show, I would have no idea. I would have been like, Oh, cool blade, like cool design. <laughs> then I opened it up. I'm like, Oh, it's a Damascus blade. <laughs> like feel all smart. Like I, you know, figured everything out from from the show but um it's like little things like that so this has turned into my everyday carry um there you, go. you know that i keep on me all the time so that being said that was a question that my brother actually had when i told him i was going to be interviewing you he's like ask jay what his everyday carry is so do you have a do you have a like a knife that is is your go-to nope i <laughs> uh, like I, I mentioned earlier i get bored very easily so I'll make a knife to carry, and I'll carry it for a few months, get bored, make something else, and sell that one. Yeah. So I'm 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 always rotating. Like I'll get a I'll get an idea in my head. Usually, I'm a horrible sleeper. Uh-huh. So a lot of times I'll be laying in bed trying to go to sleep, and I'll come up with an idea. It's like, ah, I gotta try that tomorrow. See if that'll work. <laughs> and then I make myself a carry knife. I show it off to everybody. I get bored, sell it, make another one. Nice, nice. So, so yeah. on average, how many how many blades? do you make i don't know how i would say whether a year or or like how much are you how many blades are you working on like at a time uh i'm usually working on three or four pieces at a time okay um because it's not like the tv show where i've got five hours to make this thing yeah uh, which which is one of the downsides of the show because i've got a quarter backlog that's you know a few years god gotcha and and people are like, well, how come you can't make my knife in five hours like you do on the show? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, but you're not going to be happy with it. Yeah. I mean, do you want the quality? Uh, <laughs> I, I have people say things like like that as far as, um, you know, you can either have quality or you can have speed, but you can't have both. Right. Like, Yep. It's a balancing act. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got, you know, blades, you know, I'll forge a couple of blades and they've got to be thermal cycled and annealed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, usually something's cooling or heating or something while I'm working on something else. Okay. Um, back before the show, I was I was averaging just me um, 
anywhere from 175 to 200 knives a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I don't do the sheath work. Yeah. You know, it's just knives. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that, that goes from, you know, neck knives to, you know, big hunters and buoys and stuff like that. Um, with the TV show, it's been a lot less. Yeah. I'd imagine that so, takes, yeah. well, I would imagine yeah, it's kind of a catch 22 because I'm sure your demand now goes way up because of the right. show, but the time to do it is, is lessened. Yeah. And I mean, that's a lot of times, um, you know, people ask me, how come you don't do all the episodes? Yeah. Well, I started splitting them with the surgery uh-huh. and I also didn't want to shoot, uh, and be away from home when my, when I have my kids. Yeah. You know, because they spend some of the time with their mother, mm-hmm. some time with me. Um, so I was I was pretty adamant about the fact that, you know, I want to spend time with my kids while I can. Yeah. Because you know as well as I do, they ain't going to stay small or want to hang out with you forever. Absolutely. In fact, I'm, I'm enjoying and, the time when they like me because my two oldest, well, my oldest is 12, so she's about to become a teenager. So I'm expecting the hate to flow through her very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy them while you can yeah and then but, i mean that's, i hear they come back around <laughs> i hear that too i'm, I'm still waiting for that yeah but, but uh yeah that's how it ended up i mean when we first started doing this season one we did eight episodes season yeah. two we did 10 episodes yeah uh season three it jumped up to 30 and it's like okay i am never gonna be back home again yeah so I like I like splitting the episodes. Otherwise, I'd be in Connecticut eight or nine months out of the year. Yeah. So do they do like during filming? I'm assuming they they do like maybe one a day of the of the episodes, or because I mean I, I wouldn't imagine it, they put you in there twelve hours to do you know two or three episodes. No, it gets split up. Uh, we'll do normally what we do is uh, round one challenge mm-hmm. one day. So they do all the forging in that. And that was another thing that we had to go through in the first few seasons. It's like, oh, no wonder you're breaking the blades. You don't temper them. Yeah. Well, we do. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening that, that first night. Gotcha. They get done forging them. We temper the blades. They come back the next day and do the handles. Okay. And then usually the third day, you know, we'll go start smashing them on stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> so um, the um... – so what I was saying is as far as the episodes, you know, so they film, you're filming them every day or do you, are you doing round one, like in the morning for one group and then round two for the next group? Oh, no, no, we'll do, we'll do one episode at a time. Okay. Um, with the COVID and stuff like that, it's, we've had to get a little creative with the scheduling and stuff like that. Yeah, but... I, saw, I saw your table get longer. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. got to sit. Yeah. So around. we got to, we got to shout at each other to, to hear each other anymore. Yeah. We got we got these crazy little earbud things. It's uh, too much gear. <laughs> too much they, gear. Do they allow you to kind of get up and kind of check out what they're doing on the floor? Like, or you are you guys kind of stuck at the table? You know, now because of COVID, we get, but also just before. Well, we used to we used to be able to like basically go down to where their work tables are mm-hmm. and check things out, but because of the restrictions and stuff like that, we usually stay on that little stage. Okay. You know, so so if we do get a break, you know, we can get out of the chair and you know get a few feet closer. But you know, it's like I brought a little pair of binoculars one time. They were laughing at me <laughs> in, in the studio. They're like, "Hey, hey, pull those binoculars back out." That was funny. Yeah, no, it's, it, and I mean, you guys, 
if, if you can't go and see what they're doing like right up close i mean i'm sure that would actually be helpful <laughs> be yeah yeah i mean my eyes aren't getting any younger so. <laughs> well, um so with this new season and this is probably the question that you probably are sick of answering or, or getting asked but um you know what happened to will we we love will <laughs> where where did uh, will um I can't confirm or deny anything. Sure. All I'm going to say is Will has a relatively new wife yeah. and a brand new baby boy. Yep. And their home is in California. Ah, yeah. And, uh, I know if I was him, I wouldn't want to have a brand new baby and have it be on the other side of the country and not see it and stuff all the time. So. For sure. And as you said, so, th yeah, Will... 30, season, or 30 episodes in a season, that's, that's quite yeah. a bit of time. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gone like eight or nine months out of the year. Yeah. I mean, who wants to do that when you got a brand new kid? Absolutely. Well, and, and I follow him on Instagram too. I've, you know, messaged him and things like that. But, uh, you know, so I follow and listen to, you know, all his stuff on there. But he, he doesn't say anything. And I'm like, it's cool, but I have to ask because, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the pressing question that, you know, everybody, you know, everybody keeps asking. Um, and Heck, I'm surprised I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't gotten fired. <laughs> some of the crazy stuff i've done i think there would be a not that, not that will did will yeah that will got fired i'm just no, saying no 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 um and, so and if I, anybody was gonna go it'd be me <laughs> well and I, I think i've even seen something that that said that you know will had stepped away it wasn't like a it wasn't a bad break or anything like that it was just you nah, know different nah, will's will's good guy he's got a great family he's you know like we talked about already enjoy him while you can yeah absolutely so I guess my question is, are you still going to have the, well, I, I guess you've done the, the gun, the gun to blade shoots just not, I don't want to say automated. Um, you mean the split in the bullet? Yeah. Split in the bullet. You've done it the last time. I think you did it stationary where before Will would actually shoot it. Will we used to normally do them stationary. Yeah. Yeah. They were mounted and remote controlled. Uh huh. And uh, one episode, geez, I can't remember which one. It was a cutlass episode, I think. Um, they just could not get it lined up. Uh -huh. And and Will was just, just forget it. Give me the gun. I'll do it. He just, <laughs> bang, bang. Like, okay, let Will do this. Yeah. And he did it. Let's just first try. Just nailed it. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's perfect. That's awesome. So, yeah, we, we dorked around for probably like three hours at this gun range waiting to get this thing set up. Will's just like, oh, just give me it. I'll do it. Yeah. So think Grady think Grady's gonna try his hand at it? I don't know. <laughs> don't know yet. Uh I think it'd be it'd be fun if he did. Yeah. I I think in all honesty, um, you know, be it as it as it may, I think Grady's got a raw deal. Um coming after Will and everybody loving Will, people are like, Oh, he's he's awful. I'm like, I actually don't think Grady's that bad. I he's different. Nah. He's different, but you know he's not Will, and he can't be Will because if he was trying to be Will, you would not, you would be able to tell. Um, right. So I think in his own right, I think he's fine. I think he's I think he's doing great. Hey, Grady's Grady's doing a good job. Um, this is his first time, even though he's been on television before. This is his first time hosting. Uh huh. So you know when we first started out, he was just kind of finding his groove. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had the same thing, you know, people posting about, you know, not being happy about it and stuff. I, I tell them, say, go back to season one. Yeah. I say, I said, we were stumbling all over our words and stuff like that, and we didn't know any better. It took us yeah. time to get used to it. Now, you know, somebody sticks me in front of a, 
an audience or a crowd of people. It's like, whatever. Yeah. I don't even even think about it anymore. (laughs) Well, so what, um, with him, what, um, are you having to retrain him and teach him like some of the things or has he watched a lot of the episodes and kind of knows you kind of like what you said with Will and Doug, you had to kind of teach them, you know, bladesmithing yeah, 101. Yeah, Grady's kind of learning as he goes. Okay. Because um, I've, got, I've got five instructional DVDs, mm-hmm. and the network actually has them. Okay. So so if Grady wanted to, or if anybody on the show, you know, wants to see those, they can. Okay. Um, but, but Grady didn't want to. He goes, he goes, I want to kind of walk into this a little cold. Yeah. Because he goes, I want to be like a new audience member that's experienced and all this stuff. I was like, okay, whatever you want to do, man, fine by me. Yeah. I want. I would have wanted a little ammo in my clip before I walked <laughs> out there, but you know, hey, that's that's what you want to do. That's what you're comfortable with. Cool. Yeah. It, and like I said, I think he's. I think he's taken to it pretty well. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's hard when you're following up somebody that people liked to then come in, and I and I think also the same was true. People kind of looking sideways when when you stepped away for a little bit. Um, at, at Ben and was it Jason was the other one? Jason Knight. Yep. Yeah. It, when they came in, everybody's like, wait a minute, who are these guys? Like, I don't know. I don't know if we're, well, gonna, it's, it's, I don't know if we're going to like them. <laughs> it's funny. The TV people are, are, uh, I've got a thing about that. Like when I needed somebody to fill in for me, mm-hmm. um, they wanted to find somebody that was completely different from me. Yeah. You know, there's, because, I mean, there was a couple of makers that I was thinking about, and they were like, no, nah, they're just basically an older version of you, Jay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know. So, yeah, between, you know, Jason had a totally different look, different attitude and stuff. Phenomenal maker. Yeah. But you're not going to confuse the two of us. Yeah. And same with Ben. You know, Ben's, of course. Ben's even got a totally different voice and everything <laughs> like that. So, yeah. so they like doing that when they're gonna when they're going to replace you. Or have somebody fill in for you. They want somebody totally different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's some something that you know some of the fans gotta gotta uh, get over with with Grady. Yeah. Because you know, if we, if we tried to bring in a fake will, we'd gotten crucified for it. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, I I think he's doing great. So what? Um, you, you do a lot of stuff with blades, obviously. But so, but you're also a big movie buff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love my horror movies. You love, love the horror movies. So, what? Give me your, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot with it, but give me your top five of of horror movies that. And in all the disclosure, I'm not. My wife is the big horror movie fan. Um, I'm not as much, uh, but I'll you know right. I'll, I'll watch them here or there. But I'm I'm more particular. I like the slasher flicks, like those type of things. Um, uh, so like the Halloween screams, things like that. Um. Oh yeah, I'm cool with. But like, what's your top five? If, if you were gonna say these are my these are my go tos. Uh, top five. Um, well, uh, my my all time favorite monster movie, uh, Alien. Okay. Original Alien. Oh Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Yep. Um, I I even tell my wife all the time. I said, "You kind of look like Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I think she's hot." She's like, "You're nuts. <laughs> what are you talking about?" So I have Alien. Um, Evil Dead. Okay. Is uh, it's one of those like hidden gems. I remember yeah. watching that as a teenager, thinking, "Oh, five minutes into this is going to be a horrible movie." Yeah, scared the whiz out of me. <laughs> um, gotta love like you know, just, I mean, you could lump together the the Halloween and the Friday the Thirteenth. You yeah. know, they slasher flicks. Uh, those are great. I am a big fan of uh, most anything Stephen King. 
Okay, yeah. So the new It, the new It chapter one and two. Love those. So that's probably uh, what man. scarred me from horror movies because I remember as a kid, I couldn't have been older than eight. And my parents were, were very, you know, ultra religious, like wouldn't let us watch anything that was, you know, had witches or demons or anything like that. I mean, very conservative. And I remember one night my parents were gone and I was on the couch watching TV and I was flipping through and, and flipped on the original it. And I was probably, I was probably like, yeah, with Tim care, Tim Curry and all I remember is him in the in the uh, in the storm drain. Everything flows down mm-hmm. here. Scared the piss out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't ever want to watch that again. <laughs> Terrible. Well, it's funny. Uh, it, it was kind of kind of the opposite for me. I think I was my my father was really into Stephen King. That's he he's the one that got me reading Stephen King yeah. books. I mean, I was I was reading those when other people were reading Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Oh yeah. And I probably was like eight or eight or nine. Hold on a second. Yep. More spam calls. Yeah. Oh, I hate those. There you go. And I was probably eight or nine years old, and he took me to a matinee to see the first Alien movie. Okay. And scared me to death, but I loved it. Yeah. You know, it was like a it was like a roller coaster ride, but you're not going to fall out. Matter yeah. of fact, in one second. Yep. My wife just got me a new mask. For when I leave the house, and oh, I don't know if you can nice. see it. Yeah, it's all horror movie characters. Oh yeah, I like it. With jaws <laughs> right there in the middle. <laughs> but yeah, the funny thing is, people are going to be coming up to me, going, "Yeah, trying to figure out all the, all like, the different." Get away from me! Six feet! Six feet! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So okay, so your top five said Aliens, Evil Dead, Evil Dead. Um, you, the, the you lumped in Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. I yep. lumped those together. And uh, the Stephen King, it, and uh, not so much a horror movie, but the original Stand by Stephen King was was always one of my favorites. Also, the um, I read a collection of short stories from Stephen King, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. my God, this man can write, and and going through like all these different stories, and it was the same one that um, I'm trying to remember that it was it's a number. And John Cusack made a movie. It was a Stephen King movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say it's 1408, but... I think that is it, yeah. I, I was, 1408. Like, I can make up any number there. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> but it was a collection of short stories, and 1408 was in that. So I'm a, I'm a huge John Cusack fan. I don't know if you can see behind me. I've got the High Fidelity mm-hmm. poster. And so I watched that movie, and I'm like, this is phenomenal. Oh, so, yeah. So I went and read all those short stories. And he had one short story it couldn't have been couldn't have taken me longer than 15 minutes to read but i remember putting the book down like i read that little short story i put the book down i'm like my god this guy could kill me in my sleep just just out of fear <laughs> like it, it was it was this it was this story where this businessman is like driving home like like not driving like it's like a long drive and he mm-hmm. stops at this um he stops at this yard, yard sale. Yeah. Picks up the this, painting. With the painting. Yeah. And the, but, everywhere he goes, the painting is following him. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy, this is, this is horrifying, but amazing at the same time. Um, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. It, it definitely leaves an impression. Um, 
So well, one of the things I like about King too is, is a lot of people don't realize it's not just horror stories he writes. Yeah. I mean, most people don't realize the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. The Green Mile, all those were by him also. Yeah. And one of my favorites that they actually turned into a good movie was Stand By Me. Yeah. Where the four kids, are, it was called, the short story was called The Body. Yeah. And it's, it's, not much happens in the whole thing, but you get so involved in the characters, you get hooked. Yeah. That's uh, good writing. He's a, he's a phenomenal writer, um, which I had to laugh because I think it was the, the, the woman who wrote Twilight. Um, and Stephen mm-hmm. King just literally shat all over it. He was just like, this is, <laughs> this is horrible. Like, this is horrible garbage writing. Like, like I under he's like, I understand why people, well, why kids like it and why, you know, like all the youth are, are drawn to it. This whole twilight thing. He's like, but it's horrible. And she comes back with some quip like, oh, he's just jealous. I'm like, do you realize who you're talking to? <laughs> do you know who you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like he like uh, literally could kill you. Like just, it, just in writing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can either go with, you know, glittery boy band vampires that can walk around in daylight. Yeah. Or you can get or you can get the guy from Salem's a lot. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, he he is and, and I don't know that he gets as much credit as he deserves. But as far as I just don't think he, like everybody you talk to is like, yeah, he's an amazing author and, and all that. But I, I don't think he does get the credit that he deserves for, for his writing on all fronts. Like you said, from Shawshank to Green Mile and, and all those things. Um, right. So obviously you watch this one, you know, if you're watching Slasher Flicks and, and things like that, what would you say are some of your pet peeves about movies? Um, whether it be, you know, anything, anything that comes to mind um, with, with movies. Well, the first first thing that comes to mind for me is, um, you know, if, if somebody acted like a normal person in a horror movie, we wouldn't have any horror movies. True. <laughs> you know? You uh, hear some creepy noise coming down with the basement stairs, you don't go in a basement. No. I think it was a, and, pro- I think it was a progressive commercial that made fun of all that. That, that, was, like, that was a good commercial. I like yeah. that one. Uh, the, other, the other one that gets me all the time, too, is I'm 51 years old. I've been around a long time. I haven't seen women fall down that much. <laughs> They're always falling down all the time. Yeah. Oh, five steps, boom, five steps, boom. Come on. Oh yeah. My my biggest thing with with movies is I I is more the technical side of it. Like I can't mm-hmm. stand when there's like something happens and then they go to the next scene and there's no damage. So like car yeah. cr- like a car crash, like it, it smashes through some wall the next scene it's a perfectly pristine car um yeah like things things like that um do you ever see i mean even on our show they talk about our show they talk about continuity Uh and i'll do the same thing i'll watch i'll watch a horror movie and you know somebody will have like blood running down the side of the face yeah and then the next scene it's it's on this side (laughs) or it's only half as far down as it was it's like wait a second yeah it's like that makeup guy needs to be fired. What's what's going on? Um, so as far as like blades, do you ever see anything like on screen that you're just like, oh come on, like you couldn't do either. You couldn't do that with that blade, or or <laughs> I would have totally cho- chosen a different knife. <laughs> I, I I would. There. Yeah. There we go. Just it's easier to show you. Yeah. I hate it. And the blade, the harmos where they're holding the knife like this. Oh yeah, 
edge down. Yeah. Because you're going to cut yourself right there. <laughs> yep. Nobody carries it like this the way you should. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of those things that drives me crazy. That's... I've been cut enough times. I know what I know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, Jason never would have made it that far. <laughs> Hand lacerations. No. <laughs> um, actually, it's funny that you pulled that you pulled that knife. Um, so I'm I'm part of this. You know those those um, boxes where you can like sign up for a membership and they send you just random random crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for one of those, yep. and they sent me the this past month they sent me this, which is let's see if I can kind of oh, a, yeah. kind of a nice chisel grind yeah and uh, it they said it's Japanese design made by bare bones. Um, and this thing, okay. I mean, I was like, okay, I've I've found this new affinity for collecting blade, <laughs> collecting blades and things. So I've got this one. I've got like, I think my brother gave me one that has like a deer, like a deer antler handle. Um, the thing is sharp; it cuts anything. So I'm like, okay, I'll use that over here. And then of course my my everyday carry. But I'm you know trying to trying to stock up on my collection. But I was I was super impressed with that one when it came in at how sharp and how just solid the thing was. So of course I took it outside and I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna do some fortune fire tests with it. And, you know, <laughs> hit a tree with, you know, hit branches with it and try and, um, you know, see what it would do. And of what, what I ended up doing was, you know, slicing a nice piece of skin off my finger because I was checking the blade <laughs> like, Oh, look, no rolling, no edging, no nothing. And then whoop, I was like, Oh, that's that's you know that's part of my thumb. Fantastic. Still, still sharp. Still sharp. So it was, you know, doing my doing it's my forge and fire impression. It's funny before forge and fire, um, no one would ever give you a knife that they worked on, and say, "Here, beat this to death for me." Yeah. And and now I get it on a regular basis, you know, when I do episodes, and I actually have people mail me knives. <laughs> they'll ask they'll they'll message me ahead of time look i'm just getting started uh if i send you a knife will you beat it to death for me <laughs> um sure do you want it to come back you know if it breaks do you want me to send back the pieces what do you want me to do yeah but yeah i've actually get people mailing me knives to to test for them and it's like this would never have happened five years ago yeah yeah have you ever gotten one and just looked at it and we're like, yeah, we're not going to test this one because I can already see what's wrong with it. <laughs> there's been a few. Yeah, yeah there's, there's been a few. Um, yeah, I try to – it's really hard to tell much when people send photos. Yeah. Because um, it's a totally different beast when you actually have it in your hand. Sure. Um, but if there's something obvious, I'll try to, you know, don't don't waste the postage yeah. kind of thing. Like, you know, you need to work on this and this and this and – you know, and then then come back to me, and I get people sending me pictures all the time. You know that they've they've started making knives and showing their progression and stuff like that, and, uh, and it's really cool. I mean, we've we're basically making our own contestants for the show now. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, a lot of a lot of people a lot of people have come on and said I I never made, thought about making knives until I started watching this show. Yeah, and then they've been making them for a few years, and then they come on. So. So for that person, so whoever might be listening to this and thinking, you know what, I want to get started. What would be, what would be your number one like start at the ground floor? This is what you need to do first off before you do anything. Buy my DVDs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, 
There's no better. There's no better. Uh, no better sale than that. Yeah, um, it's funny. I can't believe they actually put that on the TV show a couple times. <laughs> um, but now, what I whenever somebody's interested or getting interested in making or thinking about it, mm-hmm. uh, my first suggestion is to try to find a maker or makers that you okay. can go visit their shop. Yeah. Because um, I've seen people start out with next to nothing, yeah. which basically is what I did. Um, and I've seen other people who just, you know, went and bought, you know, $12,000, $20,000 worth of tools and then got sick of it six months later. Yeah. You know, go to somebody's shop, see what they have, you know, kind of compare what they do to what you want to do. And that'll give you a better idea of what you need to start off with. Nice. Well, I like it. I like it. And, and it's one of those things, obviously with a wife and four kids, I'm not going to be getting into that anytime soon because, time <laughs> i see the time it takes to to get into it and do it and i don't have that kind of time with four kids running around uh but i have a I, oh, I you, def- gotta, you gotta be careful though because i've had i've gotten letters from people from parents um usually it's either thanking us for doing the show because uh-huh. they're actually spending more time with their kids because they're out in the garage with grinders or or whatever and the other one is kids are out in the, out in the backyard making a forge without their parents knowledge <laughs> so you gotta watch them yeah i could listen the fact that there's no you or the, there was no youtube when i was growing up is a good thing the youtube oh, yeah. tiktok all these social media things where people could see what we were doing as kids i mean i remember being out in the woods doing all sorts of things we shouldn't have been doing <laughs> as kids oh yeah um, you know, chopping down, absolutely chopping down trees, building forts, like a good, I remember my brothers or my, my older brother and his best friend built this like fort and it was probably eight to 10 feet off the ground in, in the trees. They built a whole floor base and everything for it. And I remember us going up there and the whole thing coming down <laughs> eight, to, oh, eight to 10 feet. The whole thing just fell and we all just rolled down the side of it. It was Lucky none of us okay. died. <laughs> so, yeah. So I could definitely. Yeah. Especially I... when you start getting up there in years, you start thinking about all this crazy stuff. That, yeah. How did I survive that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we would have um, airsoft or, well, actually, it wasn't. There was no airsoft. It was BB guns. So straight up shooting each other <laughs> out in the woods, getting shot, yep. getting shot by BBs and, and things like that. I mean, the things we would do as kids were was just crazy. But, um, yeah. Man, Jay, I want to thank you for, you know, taking this time and, you know, we're kind of, you know, run, running close to an hour, so I don't want to keep you too much, too much longer, but where can, you know, people come and find you, um, via social media, websites and things like that. And how can they, obviously you said you have a backlog on, on knives right now, as far as ordering, but where can they, you know, see your work, um, and follow along with you? Um, well, my website is, uh, mountain hollow dot net um pretty much you can go to any search engine just type in j period nielsen and you know it's pretty easy to find uh and i go onto instagram and and facebook quite a bit so um doug and i doug and i are probably going to try and do something on facebook live tonight okay he he notified me this morning (laughs) i I don't know what's going on with that yet but okay doug whatever you say yeah but uh yeah I'm, i'm pretty easy to find and yeah, the website has got tons and tons of photos because, like I said, I get bored easy, so I just want to try new stuff. Yeah. 
Well, man, I, I've enjoyed following along and, you know, obviously, you know, we connected through Instagram. So thank you for, for, you know, reaching back out and, and agreeing to come on the show. And man, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I look forward to, uh, to seeing, you know, the, the future of the show and the, the, uh, different knives that you're producing. Sounds great, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. I had fun. Hey there, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Jay Nielsen. I had a ton of fun talking to him. He was really down to earth, super nice, and uh, I could not appreciate more um, him coming on the show and just kind of sharing his experiences and and the behind the scenes aspect of the show. I just that show. If you haven't watched it, I highly encourage you go to the History Channel and watch. They have many, many different episodes, and, and you can see them making all sorts of different knives, swords, weapons, tools. Uh, just a really, really interesting take on bladesmithing and putting a time load on it and making it a reality show. It just kind of, I mean, it's fun, and it's good family fun. And uh, if you watch the show, you know uh, they have an, a, a segment with Doug Markaida, who's one of the other judges, where he tests the blades to try and uh, on a ballistic dummy to see if the blade will kill or, or how he says it, it will kill. So he has this whole following with it. So I, I highly encourage you go watch the episodes. Uh, it is a great, great show and you will be addicted to it as I have good fun. Anyways, I am happy to report that we have a lot of great new episodes coming soon, coming very soon. Uh, hopefully in the next week or so, you're going to get some content from the Wex Appeal podcast. And I'm I'm excited to share that I'm currently actually sitting, you know, in a in Massachusetts about ready to run my very first Spartan race. And if you go back to uh, episode 13 with with Hunter McIntyre, the uh, the fitness professional OCR world champion from Spartan um you know, we talked a little bit about it. This is going to be my very first Spartan race. I've been trying to do this race actually for probably, I think, five years or so. And it is the Spartan Stadion at Fenway Park. So literally this race will be taking place on the field and throughout the entire stadium. And I'm really, really excited to do this. It's it's kind of one of those, you know, bucket list races that I wanted to run on. So I'm doing it, Finally. Uh, me and my brother are going to uh, to run it this uh, this Sunday night, uh, which is going to be November fourteenth, and uh, or Sunday during the day. It's going to be a good time. I am I'm very much looking forward to uh, being able to uh, get that finisher medal, and I'll be of course posting it, you know, posting pictures and and videos and stuff on the Wexpeel podcast page on Instagram. If you are not following us, why not go to our Instagram site? Wex Appeal Podcast on Instagram, or you can go to facebook.com, just search Wex Appeal Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. It'll come right up. Be able to uh, follow the page and stay informed and see when the next episodes are coming. With that, I'm going to bid you adieu until next time when we are right back here with a good friend of mine, Mr. James Gearing is going to be on the show. He is a host of the Behind the Shield podcast. He's a retired firefighter. He's an author. 
wrote an amazing book um, that I was able to read and, and just had a great time talking to him. And we also have an episode coming up with Chase Ingram from the CrossFit Games podcast and also the Get With The Programming podcast. So those are the two next that are on the horizon. So look out for those very soon. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace.